0: Welcome to a new mini-episode of Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This shorter, more off-the-cuff format allows you to hear our quick takes on breaking news.
1: So the $1.9 trillion stimulus package, the American Rescue Plan Act, was passed on party line votes in the House and Senate, and Biden has signed it. Only Jared Golden in the House, in the end, was the only Democrat to uh, not vote for the bill, when it came time for the second vote in the House, where they had to pass the Senate version due to the removal of the minimum wage increase and a uh, cut in unemployment checks. Joshua, what, do, what are you thinking?
0: So he finally had his first legislative win on March 11th on Thursday. He finally signed the American rescue plan into the law. And obviously the impact of the American rescue plan is yet to be seen. It's very ambitious. It's, it includes a lot of benefits. It includes a lot of spending. And while I'm optimistic about it, you know, it's yet to be seen how effective it will be. And I think some people are already jumping at calling it an FDR or LBJ moment, comparing it to the New Deal or, or, you know, perhaps the Great Society. But I think people are getting a little too ahead of themselves. I mean, the plan, like I've said, is very ambitious. And ideally, and I think so personally, it'll be very impactful and monumental. But we'll have to wait and see. I mean, at time of recording, stimulus checks should start going out this weekend. And the speech he gave, his first large address to the nation since his inauguration, it was pretty good. And I think it was extremely encouraging. But once again, we have to be cautiously optimistic about this. Larry Summers, who was uh, economic advisor under the Obama administration, did caution against it. So will all that massive spending be worth it in the end? I definitely think so, but we have to wait and see.
1: Well, look at this. thousand four hundred direct checks individuals making under seventy five thousand dollars a year large expansion of the t- child tax credit which nonpartisan think tanks have basically said that will cut child poverty in 2021 in half not to mention the 350 billion dollars in aid to state and local governments the 130 billion dollars to actually reopen k-12 schools 60 billion for uh, vaccines and testing 25 billion dollars to the bars and restaurants it's ambitious you're right that is a lot of spending you're right that you know we have to be Get to be cautiously optimistic, but you know, 75% of the country supports this. Majority of Democratic, independent, and Republican voters all support this. Yet the entirety of the GOP voted against it, either because they're diehard MAGAs or they're you know concerned about bipartisanship. At some point, something had to be passed. The relief had to be sent out now. They were gonna expire from the December. And listen, I get it, the bipartisanship, the cost, but not a single Republican voted for this. It's you have to admit that that's not good. That's not good for the country. That, that isn't good for it's political not. stability. It's- yeah. And
0: I mean, you know, I think Republicans, there are probably so many different reasons among Republicans for not voting for it. I mean, probably with some Republicans didn't want to work with Democrats. We've seen obstructionism like this before in different periods of American history. Um, another reason is obviously fiscal responsibility. Republican senators have come to Biden during the negotiation process, like Senators Mitt Romney and Senators Susan Collins, you know, asking for a smaller $600 billion bill. I mean, they're obviously, you know, concerned about excessive government spending, which I would personally understand, although I don't agree with their perspective. But, you know, ultimately, bipartisanship is such a hard thing to accomplish now in such a hyperpartisan country. But I'm glad that ultimately this bill got through and that now really millions of people can expect additional benefits in this tough time.
1: David Brooks in New York Times had a great article where it basically said what Biden just did, it actually is on the level of the New Deal and great society. So I know it's early, but the role of government before 1981, it was really about um, having a strong social safety net. That yes, there are cuts, there are switches in spending, there are um, you know the size, but by and large, government did have a role, a large role in, in making sure the poor and the sick and the underprivileged and means survive. And now um, our current welfare system hasn't done it since the 1980s. It's been undercut. And you know, whether you're a liberal or conservative, this isn't sustainable. It's good that Reaganomics was good for the 1980s. Not much in the 2000s, not much in the 2010s, not much now in the 2020s, where we have the wars, we have, we have the economic recessions, we have the pandemic, we have all these things that are really rising costs. It's not really, it's not, pra- it's not practical. It's not practical yeah. to have all this, to, you know, have you the know- tax cuts. Honestly, I think the real great thing about this is that- we're honestly one step closer to UBI, universal Basic income. I know it's a pi- bit of a pipe dream, but think about it. Most Americans wanted the, uh, the direct checks for everyone making under that limit. The expanded child credit for having children, you know, the Romney plan that, you know, yeah, that wasn't included in the final bill, but probably had some influence. It's clear that something like universal basic income where Americans do get direct checks. It does stimulate the economy. It's not wasteful and it, it does get people to work. It does improve GDP, it does improve um, happiness, it does improve mental health.
0: I mean, you know, I, I definitely agree that. Since the 1980s, we may be moving into a new phase where government plays more of a role in welfare and, like you said, helping the poor and the needy. But something that doesn't really factor into this plan, unfortunately, and that both Republicans and Democrats don't really care about at this point, I think, is fiscal responsibility. How do we efficiently spend on programs? I agree that we need to have strong welfare programs, but it's a matter of not just throwing money at the problem. It's it's a matter of efficiently spending money and not wasting a lot of it. And I'm not sure how either party is going to really take care of that.
1: Yes, the debt you know is a large number. It's a big problem. It's not as big of a problem. It hasn't killed us yet. It hasn't tanked the economy. I mean, I, I, and I do get, I do get it's been pervasive throughout the past forty years, but at some point we have to realize that the current way we're doing things. The current welfare system, the current way we spend money, it's not transparent. It doesn't work. And even though, yes, it does add to the debt, we're going to need to have a massive transformation in a way that actually shows people where the money's going. It, it's tangible. It, people can see it with their own eyes because if people actually see the results of where the tax dollars are going, my guess is they're probably going to have a lot more faith in the government to actually spend and actually do things that you know, it hasn't been able to do since the 70s. And UBI, with direct checks, you know, studying in Stockton, California has shown that it does help with people's faith in local, local government there. In Alaska too, with their oil reserves. And I get it, it's like trillions of dollars, but the 2017 tax cuts were not exactly siphoning off the 20-something trillion dollar deficit.
0: No, of course it didn't. And that's why I'm saying here that at this point, you know, Republicans used to be the party of fiscal responsibility. And now with those tax cuts, Nobody cares about fiscal responsibility anymore, and we need to have that. We need to ensure that it's not explicitly a partisan issue. We need to make sure that our government knows how to spend money. Like I said before, they don't just throw money at the problem until it goes away. True. They efficiently have specific procedures and routines for spending money, and that they show more transparency to the American people while doing so. I get
1: that. I get that. In An age where the parties are completely um, you know, walled off from each other. This is why I'm still calling for someone like Ranked Choice Voting, because, you know, we need third parties. Always we need some kind of, you know, break this polarization We come out from the ideological silos and actually work together on, you know, what you and I are both saying. Making sure the deficit is taken care of and strengthening and, um, you know, streamlining our safety net. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on social media and
0: join the ongoing conversation on our Discord server.